everyone, welcome to The Gray Matters, where we discuss more than just the hot topics and headlines of the day from a black man's perspective. We appreciate that we are not a monolith, and every subject deserves to be explored with nuance, giving a view from all sides of the culture. So we're here to hopefully bring that to you every week with a little bit of class, some fun, and our panel consists, as always, of three guys that are absolutely nothing alike. And you'll soon come to find out just how much we love each other, in spite of our sometimes very big differences. I'm Billy Craig, and I'll be your moderator again for the day, coming to you from a very mild but beautiful Delaware. Jermaine and Jackie are unavailable, so I'm joined today by none other than Marlon on the tambourine and Tito on the guitar. Good to see you, gentlemen. Please yeah. say hello. Just keep Jermaine from around me, bro. <laughs> if I see it's Jermaine, on. it's on. It's on. On. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh man. <laughs> All right, yeah, we we're, we're on no fighting out here, so keep your hands to yourself, Jermaine. There you go. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let's go ahead and get things started with our first topic, and uh, let's see how we want to set this one up. So it's time to have a real heart-to-heart honest one here. Uh-oh. Do we give less props and uh, less respect to uh, successful Black people if they marry outside of their race? And along with that, should we? I think about that because there have been uh, numerous different articles and Coming in hot, man. Yeah, man. And let's get right to it, you know. Um, But there have been numerous different articles, different headlines, different things I've seen in the media. And one in particular, it always stands out to me. I was thinking about one of uh, somebody who I really uh, admire and respect, and it's Byron Allen. So he goes out and he buys, in addition to buying the weather, right, (laughs) like, that's as hot as it was last year, I was thinking somebody need to call Byron Allen and fix right. it because it's too hot. But he done bought the weather, and now this man buys an entire news network. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, he doesn't really get a whole lot of love. Now, what a lot of people, I guess the part that goes unsaid, is that a lot of people know that some people don't, but that he's married to a white lady. And I wonder if guys like that, uh, maybe we don't hold them up in maybe the highest regard because of that. I thought, I even think about like the fact that uh, people like Katanji Brown Jackson, how um, she just got put on the Supreme Court. And it's like, you know, people are clapping and they're happy and there's applause, but is there less applause because she married to a white guy. Would we feel the same way we did and maybe even give how we've given some of the breaks that we did to Barack Obama when he got um, voted in as president? And it was because we saw him with, you know, a black woman and two black kids. What did Cat Williams say? She smells like, like you can look at her and tell she smells like motions, hair cream, (laughs) you know, and cocoa butter lotion. Like you, you can tell, right? Do we do that in the community where we, you know, 
And and I guess, you know, for those that do, should we? Do they have a right to feel that way? Paul, I'm going to start with you. Okay. I'll take this one on. First of all, I say it depends on if we like you or not. Mm. Right? So we, we, they caped up for Kamala, but didn't nobody give a damn about Mia Love. Mm. Right? Um, But, and it's also different for women than it is for men. If you're a man and you are financially or powerfully elite as a black man, it is almost your duty to take on a black wife. Whereas if you're just a regular guy with a good ass job, you know, who it doesn't matter who you marry. And it's about representation and the transition of wealth. Now, I'm not saying this because I believe it. I'm saying this because that is public perception. And that is how black people judge other black people from my perspective. Um, The higher up the ladder you go, the blacker they expect you to get once you get there. If Jay-Z had married Katy Perry instead of Beyonce, wouldn't nobody have bought 444? Mm. Right? Um, But if Beyonce had married Justin Timberlake, she still would have the beehive. See, yeah, because that's that, that I think about it even with like the Williams sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Like Serena's still Serena all day long. Right. And there's there's no question to it. But, you know, the, that double standard is there. And I almost wonder if maybe we should remove that double standard or that stigma. Maybe, maybe we should be willing to give the brothers a break the same way we do for the women. Because a lot of times I'll hear falsely, by the way, mm-hmm. which is another story for another day, but falsely I'll hear this thing where it's like, well, it's harder for black women out here to find a man on their level. Why are you laughing, Andre? You, you, you know, you know, you heard it. I have. Kanye Don't act like I made that up. Kanye messed it up for everybody. Kanye messed it up when he said, when you get on, you leave your ass for a white girl. And ever since then, like, even it, it, the bitterness has been there. And the reason I'm chuckling is because he I'm said chuckling. the quiet part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> he literally said the quiet part out loud. And then went and did it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> said, watch. Exactly. <laughs> but not one, but two. But right. two. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out who holds the keys to the double standard because every time a black woman does it like Serena or you know somebody like that, the the Kamala, the the story becomes well, she tried it with black men and they Mm -hmm. just did her dirty, and you know, and this is why she went to a different race. Whereas black men, we get done dirty just the same way, but if we ended up with a white girl, it like if LeBron James. Had Boy. married a, it's already it's about him as a person anyway for no reason whatsoever. So if he would have married a white woman, this would it, it, like he may that may actually break the internet. So he stopped with Savannah for from never from now on because if he can't he cannot leave Savannah for a white girl at this point. What if like, D Wade 
was married mm. to a white woman with everything going around in his house right and they now. still had the same thing going right on. the exact same oh. thing but it's not gabrielle union it's gwyneth paltrow mm. yeah they, he would they would place him in all the memes and get out with some white ladies with a teacup circling around because it, it, they would call him a lost soul. Like not just I, he, he found somebody to treat him right. It would, he would, you know, they would consider him lost with with a transgender daughter, uh, and all. There's way Bruh. too many backstories on that one. There's already too many backstories to be right. Just black, uh, you they know, they ain't got nothing to do with us, but they no, got nothing yeah. to do with us. <laughs> but we gonna make it have to do with us if if he was right. married to a white woman. It's just, but the, I think that the standard or double standard is still held by other, like, I'm not the black women. Like, I think they hold the keys to this one because I don't see other dudes like getting mad if another, you know, a black man marries a white woman. Like, I just don't. Like, I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, all three of us are married to, to black women, but like, I don't know if I would look at Billy or Paul any differently if. Their wife is of a different race, or you know, and ain't even got to be white. Like it could be Mexican or Asian or whatever. Right. I just feel like, hey, you know, congratulations. It's but, funny that you bring that up, though, Andre, because I wonder if there's a difference. And, and again, I'll be—I'm just going to be very candid with you. These are questions I'm afraid to ask my mama <laughs> and my wife. Okay, and I love my wife, and we're doing just fine. But I don't even ask. I don't. My, there is counseling, there's therapy, there's forgiveness, there's possible reconciliation. If there's a problem in my marriage that involves another black woman, if I'm messing with a white woman, mm, that's right. I, I can't come home. What's a what's right. girl in, in Waiting to Excel, Bernie? Uh, ain't, ain't that who? Set the car. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of and that's kind of what I'm saying. And I think you said something very important there, Andre, where it's like the double standard and the keys are all held by the the actual group that's in charge of that, which is black women. Mm -hmm. Because by and large, it's not that we don't see it or know it or even have a difference of opinion. Like I would venture to say that we all probably land somewhere different on how we feel about it, you know, what we think about, because we all have friends that we know of who are married to women outside of the black community or white women in particular, but there's a difference. There's a big difference between, you know, I'm thinking of one in particular right now, he married someone who's not black, but she's from like somewhere in South America, right? I want to say she's from Colombia or something. like. And he's, it's kind of like, okay, you get a pass. You can still show up to uh, the barbecue and you get full benefits. <laughs> but, you know, you show up with Becky or Heather and then it's like, well, not Heather, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You show really? up with That's what we doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, hey, I, I, I reach in there. I reach in the jar and grab the whitest, right. two whitest names I could get. All <laughs> <laughs> each other, right? <laughs> 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 well, we confuse some people when we show up to some events. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Like, it happens. But that's what I'm saying is that um, there's a difference there. And that double standard is, frankly, held by those who are in charge. And 
I guess my question is, should they, why is it, why is that standard that way? Like, why is it Serena and Katanji and Kamala get something that, you know, I don't get? I think, well, one, let me at least answer the second part of the question before we continue, which is, should it change or should we care? And maybe that's just my part of the answer is I really don't care. Like, I don't care who you show up with any more than I care whether the person, whether it's a gay person or like, it's your life. Whatever you, whoever you choose to be attached to, I'm perfectly fine with. Like, it, it, it's not my business or is it my, my responsibility to care on your house like i i got my house that's all i can worry about and right we we spend a, not we as the show but as a collective spend a lot of time worrying about other people's households that ain't got nothing to do with ours they ain't got they ain't showing up to our family and they ain't, i mean it is really weird this real weird space that we're in because at, black women love to point to picture of they've been down for black men since you know, slavery and they held it down and they've always had our back in every situation and stuff like that. But now they are surprisingly quiet when it is one of them that, that no longer, you know, want, wants to quote unquote hold us down and go to a different race. And and you'll see them actually celebrate like, go ahead, girl. I knew, you know, men was doing you wrong. So I understand. And, you know, I may go get me one myself. Speaking of white men, like, and it's just like, that's really odd to to flip the script like that. That's a weird flex, man. Because <laughs> I and, and the only thing I'll say is this: like, how 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 deep do we want to go down this rabbit hole right now? Uh, because, in all honesty, just piggybacking off of what you just said, Andre, what I find interesting is that a a lot of times men. At least in my experience, most of the black men I know, even if they do care, they don't care that much. Like they don't care enough to revoke your privileges or somehow treat it as though it's a matter of I can't trust you. But again, and I've heard this too many times whenever I'll say, and I have friends of mine, again, I've seen, and this is unfortunate truth. That's why I said, how far do we want to go with this? Where you'll see a guy and it'll be like, oh, well, you know, they'd be looking at him and thinking, well, we didn't want him anyway. Like, he looked like, you know, three Frankenstein monsters. Like, nobody's trying to, like, we're gladly handed, like, and they'll say it, you know, that little phrase, well, they'll just take anything. And <laughs> the, the same is true a lot of times where it's like, not that I'm judging it, but it's like, you know, we have that kind of, um, standard in our mind where it's like, you know, I, I think it's frankly a little bit different. Um, if you were uh, at a certain standard of beauty where it's like, oh, okay, I feel some kind of way about this person being quote unquote taken by the other side, then I do the majority of it, right? I mean, I heard dudes all day long talking about some man, that's messed up with Serena did because people, they found, you know, for what for that reason, they found Serena to be attractive, like she was a prize. And it's so her attractive is the transfer of wealth. She yeah. took billions of dollars out of the black community. However, she also brought in billions of dollars. I was getting ready to say, like, because Oprah is yeah. super duper paid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, he's also and like, a, like ain't he like six five, six six too? So, so it's like there's some there's some genetics there's some survival yeah. of the fittest going on in there as well like he ain't, <laughs> he ain't like some old shriveled up little dude like like right. dude is a big dude he got paper like she yeah. said look at his shoulders yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at his neck okay <laughs> we got to think about the future generations yeah but yeah. like I think all three of us I'm just gonna speculate but I'm sure at least all three of us at one point have heard. The phrase uttered, if she can't use your comb, you don't bring her home. Like, I, I'm, and I see Paul has received that because he rolled his eyes. And, but to me, like, it's, it's so far beyond just, like, at this point, based on some of these earlier shows we've had where we talked about dating pool. Like find somebody who actually loves you and just roll with it. Like, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That, that's that's outside of the realm. Life but that's too where short to be wondering what other man. people think of who you banging. Man, that's really. I guess that's it, Paul put it in a different way than I was going to, but that's more succinct and to the point. That's really what it comes down to, man. Like, I don't understand. And and uh, like, I got the perfect example. Um, when you talked about attractiveness and and people that other people don't want. It came to a head with Tay Dix. Um, Cause you know, he was, he was on, he was on the hot list after how Stella got her groove back. Everybody wanted a Desmond. Then they found out that he was with a white lady and he, he fell off that list real quick, like real, real quick. Now let's keep in mind. And I found myself having like, I hate defending people that I don't know, but like, this is where this show comes into play as a nuance. Like, He's a theater dude. Like he he literally came from the theater. So you're around people that don't look like you for the most part, because there's not a lot of us in theater in the plays that he was in doing Macbeth and all of these things. So you start spending weeks and weeks upon, you know, weeks with these people, you go naturally become attracted to the people that you're around. And I know people are like, well, you know, you can go out and find somebody. No, like when you when you on Broadway. Like that is your life. Like there's there's no there is no extra. I can go somewhere else to do something. No, because you you practice it nine to ten hours a day, and then you come and got to do your performances. So I was just uh, and uh, the only thing I was saying with that was that Tay Diggs was the example that I thought of when you mentioned. Oh, yeah, don't he got knocked down a couple pegs. And by the way, shout out to Tay Diggs because my wife has been binge watching that uh, show, All American. Shout yes. out to Tay Diggs for being the least convincing, uh, <laughs> playing the oh. least convincing head football coach I've Man, ever. The, uh, oh my God. I I watched that with my oldest son, and we laughed at all the football scenes and all everything that had to do with football was oh. our comedy. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's, it's almost like that show. Um, uh, what was that show that came on uh, ESPN years ago? The game. No, no. That's the one from BET. The one that was it players? Yeah, something like that. Some where like, NFL got real mad because they was real. Yeah. They was actually yeah, showing old boy was smoking crack in the stadium and then going to run <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, they was tripping. They was super tripping. They should I, I still remember they showed him how he passed the P test. And that's when the NFL stepped in, like, mm, no, we uh <laughs> said, no, we gotta draw a line somewhere. <laughs> They show real quick. Like, Chill. You, you 25 sexual assault <laughs> allegations, but we got to draw the line somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> but 
Hey, that's another story for another day. All right. So it was, seems the story of the day, but like you said, we'll do it. <laughs> like I day. said, we'll, yeah, we'll double back for that one a little bit later. So it was seems the story of the day, but like you said, we'll do it. Like I day. said, we'll, yeah, we'll double back for that one a little bit later. Uh, um, speaking of the NFL, though, uh, the next question I want to bring up is Kyler Murray, right? Uh, Kyler Murray was in the news uh, over the past week because all the wrong reasons. Oh my gosh. So last week he signed a contract and it was for, I think it made him this, I guess apparently the second highest paid uh, football player in the NFL. And what was noteworthy about the contract was not necessarily the money, believe it or not, even though it's like astronomical. But it was because they had what what has been, I guess, almost tongue-in-cheek called a study hall clause in it, basically stipulating that he have four hours of what they call it independent. Yeah, four hours of independent film study that he does on his own time. Now, this is significant because for those who are not big into football, whatever, college quarterbacks. Okay, college quarterbacks spend more than four hours of film study, typically, like looking at their opponent. Now, obviously, it's a little bit on who they are. Well, and that's kind of where I'm going (laughs) is there is a stereotype out there. There's this mentality. There's this attitude that says if you are um, a certain type of quarterback, you just you just you know you just go out there and it's like we just gonna draw it up in the dirt and you're gonna be creative and you're just gonna kind of play and that's wh- whether true or not that is part of the stigma that he carries is that Kyler Murray is known as somebody who just kind of makes it up as he goes and it's almost treated as though he does not study. The question is. Um, specifically as it relates to this contract, because the clause was actually put in his contract and it was made public for a reason. The question is, was he wrong for signing it? Was he actually wrong for signing that contract? And in 2022, is that something, as far as the stigma of the black quarterback, is that something that we should really be concerned about? Andre, you played quarterback once. I did. I remember that. (laughs) <laughs> so um there's been a rough week for black quarterbacks <laughs> let's just let's go and get this out of the way like Deshaun Watson aside like they talked about Lamar Jackson they talked about Kyler Murray they talked about Patrick Mahomes like it, Russ, it, I, Russ, Russ. I, I literally felt like we went back to the night I thought we went back to the early Dang. 90s Dak, too. Yeah, I felt like we went back to the early 90s when it was coming, yeah. like, the conversation around black quarterbacks because it was it, – it the negativity that was surrounding players that have balled out. Let, let's keep in mind. Yes, legitimate pocket passers. Legitimate have MVPs. Yes. <laughs> and and, and right. it was talked down on. But the first question I always had when I saw the Kyler Murray contract outside of four hours, you know, thing, because – that that number just seems uh, like I spend more than four hours on this damn show, and we yes. making, and, and he making one hundred sixty million. 
<laughs> we ain't there yet, but he, but I know I spent more than four hours working on this. So the fact that he had to had to, had to have his name on the signature for uh for four hours of independent study to do your job to be good is is beyond ridiculous. But the first question outside of four hours that I had was, who told? Like who leaked that contract? That portion of the no contract? that portion. Who doesn't like him? to the point that they would put that out there because there's no positive way that this can look like there's oh we put it in there just to make sure the team like put it out hmm? the team put it out yeah that's what but Absolutely. who was in there i don't think everybody in the team wanted that there because they they tore it up on friday and they, they signed a new one they, they put it out on purpose to combat him when he did that whole social media white and block thing when he took everything down yeah that yeah. it was a, it was literally for that it was just petty. Literally, it was just being petty. Literally, just being petty. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want this? Do you want this Mega Millions jackpot or not? I, Go so ahead I, and sign. I, 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 I guess I have a problem with it being in the contract. I have a problem with it signing the contract. Calls. Right. But my problem is the fact that it got out. Like, there's, there's no reason that, like, that immediately after he signed it. Now, if we find out two or three years down the road. Hey, you know he had that in his contract or whatever. Then we could sit there and say, as soon as that ink dried, they was like, "Hey, by the way, he don't study film, and we made him sign some to show that he at least studies four hours, which is stupid." Because right, this is why he got drubbed in the playoffs. By the way, y'all. Right, like so they literally pointed the finger at him before the season even started. They season is over. Let's go ahead and call that a day. They you sure? Oh, they season is done. They six and eleven easy. <laughs> There's no. They got weapons. The first time he throws a pick, it's gonna be. Oh, he wasn't studying film. It, that that wasn't that wasn't no right. in four hours. I'm just. Right. I don't but think the wideouts he got though. He got he got Hopkins. He got Green. He got uh. He, he tight has, end. He has weapons. I'm just saying. But but uh, so I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. We assembled a whole bunch of talent back when Michael Vick was the quarterback, the dream team. And that team didn't come together because the team didn't come together. I don't see how this team comes together is all I'm saying. Like now the NFC is a little bit, a little bit softer than the AFC. Yeah, so it's they, a little weaker, but it ain't that. Pull up. He's still in the, he's still in the NFC West. Yeah, he I was about to say, he's still playing in the wrong he in the, division. Yeah, he in the wrong branch. All right. All right. So uh, I'll see how this goes, but I just thought it was overall telling. Well, the NFC West and got light this year. Lighter, lightish. Russ gone. We don't know what the Lance boy going to be. Yeah, but he got a dog calling plays for him. I, like, I feel like yeah. I still got two. I got 20 games of football in his life. I, got two, I think I got two throws left in me. I think Shanahan, Shanahan can get His me. resume <laughs> is thin. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think he played like 10 games in high school right. and he played like 10 games in college. Bro. Like, like, you played yeah, play more I mean, games. I got than more than than good. Right, Come on. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It has a I'll, I'll agree. It has the potential to be light, but it. But if San Fran does San Fran things, they just got to figure out how to get Debo Sam with the ball and call it a day. Like that's he didn't sign so his contract. Don't run an option. Hey, whatever that it looks. Must, like. Hey, there's not much film study to that, huh? <laughs> no. That and, and it's interesting because one of the things that and, and I'll throw this over to you, Paul. But one of the things that I find interesting about the whole thing is that. It immediately struck a nerve with me 
And I'm not even that guy. Okay. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, my favorite, just all the time, my favorite quarterback, regardless of team, I'm not talking like a Bengals fan or nothing. Warren Moon. That's my dude. I love me some Warren Moon. And that comes with an understanding of the fact that Warren Moon had to literally go play in Canada at quarterback because he refused to not play quarterback. Like he did. In fact, Tony Dungy, who was also a quarterback in the Big Ten, played in Minnesota. They were like, hey, why don't you slide over there to uh, the secondary? Why don't you go over there and play the corner? What happens is it immediately struck a nerve for me, but it felt like I was torn because I almost felt like, is he that unaware or unconcerned about how this looks for him to even put his signature on that contract? And everybody was talking about, well, what does he owe the culture? And does he, and it's like, nah, this is the man's money. Okay. But at the same time, he is the face of that franchise. You could have told them to take that language out. Absolutely. Before you say, clearly he knew it was in there. It almost makes me feel like maybe, I don't know if it's like, did he not care that it was there? And should he have cared that it was there? Because I know it bothered me. I wasn't going to sign it. But then again, it wasn't my money. What say you, Paul? All right. Football you had that look on your face like you gonna sign that contract, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I wouldn't have did a press conference. I just would have said, hey, I'd do I'd do five weeks, it ain't nothing, or five hours, it ain't nothing. Um <laughs> four football hours and 30 minutes solid. <laughs> you say, I'm still gonna run out the pocket, so what? <laughs> y'all know what I'm gonna do. I can look right. at this film all y'all want. As soon as somebody run through, I'm out. <laughs> But uh, football head take, um, seeing coaching guys from Little League and seeing how what's going on and 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 how these kids are coming up, um, these quarterbacks ain't very good, and neither are the linemen. Um, and it's because they're not prepared. They don't have enough time, man. They're not prepared. So you have to deal with guys like Kyler, like a Hurts like Lamar, because the linemen aren't good enough to get you to four Mississippi anymore. See Joe Burrow. They're not good enough <laughs> to get you to four Mississippi. Um, so the coaches are literally rolling out the balls for these quarterbacks. They're not developing anything anymore. So whatever your youth coach gives you is what you take to high school and what you take to college. And, by God, sometimes you have to take that to the NFL. Look at Lamar. Yep. Petrino Lamar. didn't do anything to develop him. Petrino said, oh, I got a cheat code. And he used that cheat code, and the boy got a Heisman out of it, and he yep. got to the league. But he didn't prepare him for sustainability. And even to your point, Paul, actually, Lamar Jackson is a good one. Like, yes. Lamar has actually held up. You know about the bet that we had with Tia, where I yeah. was like – I literally we lost Brand on Lamar because I was like he's not going to survive, and I kept it wasn't about how yeah. good. It, I said it had it wasn't nothing about to him. do with how good we thought he was going to be. It was like he, oh he's going to get on gonna that die. John Deere. They're going to catch him. Die. Right. I said I gave it like twenty games, and he blew that out, and it was because I literally thought 
he is he's going to be running for his life, and eventually he's going to get caught because it's not it had nothing to do with him. But that's kind of the point I'm getting at is uh, what you were saying. Yeah. So what's the difference between Manziel and Murray, other than discipline? They're the same player. It's just that Manziel couldn't take his ass into the house at night. Well, yeah, well, and one of them, you know, was uber rich and entitled, and the other one. Well, they both were uber were rich. Less, yeah, I was about to say, one of them was less uber rich. Yeah, I was about to say, Colin yeah. didn't come from, he ain't come there's from. There's levels. Here. I'm just saying, Colin Murray did too. not grow up broke. I'm not saying he grew up broke. I'm saying there's, up, there's levels. I didn't grow up broke either, but I didn't grow up Johnny Manziel. If Kyler Murray grew up in the E, he would be upset. <laughs> okay. Now you're taking shots at Andre. I'm not taking okay. shots at Andre at all because the E was live. That's where the folks who had some bread oh, live. All right. No, you can say it because Andre drove through the eight section, drove by my neighborhood and was like, ooh, this how y'all live? He drove the windows up <laughs> driving through the <laughs> No. This mom was like, lock your door. Right. I- I can roll the windows down. It was when I was in the F. That's when I rolled the windows up. That's okay. Y'all Y'all said, meet meet me on Waycross. Up. I'll pick you up. <laughs> Till you get the I'm coming down hand open. <laughs> but it, it does bring up a larger point and the quarterback discussion because, you know, like I said, Patrick Mahomes got credit for playing street ball. They, they call him a street ball quarterback yeah. at this point. Right. They never said that but, about Favre. Never said that about Favre, and don't say that about Josh Allen. Steve Young, Steve Young. No, no Steve Young took some. Steve Young took some bullets because, he, but only because he followed Joe Montana. If Steve Young had played for the Houston Oilers and was just running around and didn't have no Joe Montana, he would have been celebrated the same way he is now. They would have called him the next and he got destroyed because of it. Yeah, that's that the that's the reason why. But like, but I so you grew up as Warren Moon fan. I grew up literally as Randall Cunningham. Like, yes. that was yep. that was me. That's how, that's how I became an Eagles fan. All of that. Yeah. Like, you put the ball Absolutely. in my hand. Randall I could, was Chris Carter. Absolutely, man. I loved yeah. the Eagles back then. Yes, yes. but that's well, no, Andre. It was Andre. He he took it. In, he took it. In, you know, to the extreme though. That was. <laughs> For real, that was his boy, his boy. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, but it still, that's why I say I feel like we moved back to the 90s because that was the whole thing. That's how Randall blew out his knee is because they said all he does is scramble, play street ball, and then they put him in the pocket. Line didn't protect him. Green Bay blew his knee out first game, season done. Yep. And it, but the the other quarterbacks, we'll just say the others, don't seem to get this same criticism or as much no. heat. Like, Kirk Cousin doesn't get, like, he's a very solid, solidly average quarterback. Dak Prescott is way better than him, but they talk worse about Dak. I think Dak Prescott's better than Kirk Cousins. Now, I, I ain't saying about it. He's better than Kirk Cousins. But even if they're close, even if they're the same, who gets who gets more vitriol? That's and I know part game. of it has to play with, I know he plays with the Dallas Cowboys. That's star, bro. I, I know that yeah. part comes into play, but still, like I'm talking about from just regular but football hits. Andre, right? you don't even have to go that far. Russell okay. Wilson gets more criticism. Fair. Frankly, there are people who are actually doubting his influence that he's going to have in Denver. And I don't just mean it from the X's and O's and does it, you know, 
does he fit and can they put a scheme around him and does he have talent around him? Like Kirk Cousins is I mean, he's he's one of the highest paid players in the NFL. And like in you said, he is solidly <laughs> average. He he got a chokehold on average. Yeah. yeah. He, Kirk Cousins is textbook B minus. <laughs> yes. Yes. He but he ain't he ain't he never gonna play 82%. <laughs> he ain't never gonna play to an A though. He gonna he no. gonna hover around a, a solid B to a C plus every day. Uh, but he got paid like an A. Who he got paid like an A? <laughs> well, he played the game. He bet on himself. He did, and he, he won. Did. Yeah, uh, all three times. He bet in on Washington himself and in Minnesota. And and it's interesting that you bring it up because I think about another cautionary tale as a black quarterback who also fits into the first block that we talk about. RG three. Mm, yeah. Look at what happens with RG three when he goes to Washington. Like clearly. Star was rising that first year. And then we literally watched that man's career die in the he playoffs. Killed he killed it. Well, he bet he on himself, it. though, to your point. He bet on himself and he, he lost. He was on a rookie deal, though. He didn't want to sit down. He thought he didn't respect those other professionals and thought he could go out there with one leg Mm-mm. and play against the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his his leg Touche. Okay. His leg went Come on, man. <laughs> Touche. That was yeah, you were never gonna win any it, uh, any of the other 31 teams. You definitely we, weren't gonna win that. Wasn't that Vita Vea that hit him that made his leg go separate yeah. in separate directions? It looked like it separate. I thought it was Haloti. Oh yeah, it was. Haloti. Yeah. yeah. Proud of Rose Park. Shout out to Rose Park, by the way. <laughs> made uh, that man go leg go all which way. Uh, all right. I don't feel like we got any closure on that one, but I feel better. I feel better. I feel better now. I got it off my chest. Shout but out that, to Charlie. Man, Moore. that contract been eating me up, man. Four hours? Four oh, hours. That, the disrespect. That was so flagrant. You could disrespect me. For, you could disrespect me and give me $165 million. I'm going like, to like that. I, <laughs> I, so you did ask a question. Did he care... Or, or should he care at the end of it? And I don't think he's like, it, for me, I probably would have signed it. I think so. Like, I, no, I'm, I, I'll clear the bank. I don't know if I would have signed it or not because like, he still had the threat to be able to be like, yo, what? I'm going to play baseball and you'll have no draft picks and call it a day. Like, he didn't play the leverage that he had. He just saw the dollar figure was like, cool. And now, if you study it more than four hours, it don't, it really shouldn't mean anything. But at the same time, that perception, is going to be with him for forever at this point. Ever. And I, and I don't know if that's He can win two Super Bowls in a row. The first two-game losing streak he goes on where he throws nah, multiple he picks. Got, he, got he, one Super Bowl, he'll, he wins one Super Bowl. We'll laugh at the Claws and we'll laugh at the Cardinals. Y'all know <laughs> this. Come on, man. Winning cures everything, and then you, you get to say na 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 I don't think – but I just don't think he played the hand that he had. That right. I guess that's more my big because he could just be like, you know what, f you and your claws. I'm going to play baseball. Good luck. And I'm with, listen, I'm with Dave Chappelle on this one. I don't care how much money it is. There are certain things I cannot sign my name on. That that's rough. That that was rough to say four hours though. Four. Yeah. Like okay. that's. So finally, uh, something also that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, 
fortunately or unfortunately, um, black preachers have been in the news. Uh, now we tackled Creflo's apology, not quite apology, sometime back, but uh, recently, um, I think of a particular situation where there's a, a preacher who uh, was on live, live streaming his sermon and had on uh, jewelry to the tune of $400,000. And he got robbed. You lock your door, Dre? <laughs> We talking about the train in the middle of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we talking they, about the train. You gonna keep it up? But they, they can show up if they want to. <laughs> Would you say? Say I I don't owe the church nothing. Not a dime. Say chitty chitty bang bang. Anyway, um, but yeah, so he got robbed right there live, uh, and they it estimated it was over four hundred thousand dollars with the jury. And then recently. Something, uh, I guess, a little bit lighter was uh, my man Andre here just wouldn't let it go. But there's a preacher who was on who um, decided that he was going to quote a scripture from the 105th chapter of Proverbs, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as a preacher, I can tell you there have been plenty of times when I've said uh, Mark chapter five, and actually I was talking about Matthew chapter five. So those these types of things happen. So again, that was a little lighter and tongue in cheek. But the question I want to throw out here is because of so many of the different shenanigans and carrying on that we've seen from a lot of these um, preachers who are just frankly, there's no two ways about it. And this is not a uh, theological thing. I'm not arguing doctrine here. Y'all just doing the most for largely no reason. And the question I want to throw out there is do, because I hear so much criticism of Christianity and a lot of our white peers and counterparts and how they do a disservice because of um, how they may be hypocritical or maybe they turn a blind eye to certain social justice issues and things like that. The question I want to ask is, the shenanigans and things that go on in the black church, especially by the people who are the heads of these uh, churches, do they do more harm to the message of Christ and to the church than what we often point the finger at, which is white people? Are we actually, are the black preachers the ones who are actually doing the most harm to the faith? Wow. And that's just a general question. Wow. Y'all look like y'all want me to start. And so I'm going to say it. Yes. I find that, um, well, and I just, and because I feel like, it, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to pass that off because, you know, this is my vocation. This is right here in my wheelhouse. And I was already there anyway. So let me go ahead and finish. The fact is, I find that it's troubling that we can't divorce ourselves from the world and the culture and the ways that we are brought up and the different ties and the, the different attachments that we have. We can't divorce ourselves from that enough to be able to do our job. Similar to what we were talking about with uh, other people. Like for example, we were talking about four hours of study um, for 
Kyler Murray, that's 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 almost insulting. That's like kind of almost offensive to even have to put that in the contract, even if you do feel like I'm slacking. Well, in the same way, why can't I get on a Zoom or a live feed? I do it every Sunday. I preach. I've been doing I was doing it even before COVID. Uh, I, in fact, Paul was one of the originals who was actually putting it out there. He's tweeting it out. He was putting it on social media. So I've been doing this for years. You can do it without putting on hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. You can do it without all of the um, theatrics. Uh, You can do it without being so flamboyant because it actually takes away, it it almost cheapens the message in my opinion. Um, And so I kind of feel like while there are other things we could point at, there are other groups and there's other uh, in our line of work that we can look at and criticize. The fact of the matter is, it does me no good to, as they say, uh, try to pull the speck out of my brother's eye when I got a plank right there in my own. You know, how can I see to even point out where there's injustices and things that are not being taught and things that are not being done in other churches and amongst other groups when I'm actually hurting and stepping on my own message. Now, I said it. Fair point. So I got a couple parts. One, (laughs) just getting back to the whole, you know, Proverbs versus Psalms and misspeaking and stuff. (laughs) Because I couldn't let it go because, no, you put it on tape. Like, you put it on wax. Like, why didn't you just hit delete and just do it over again? Like, I'm... like we about to do with Mr. PP dance here. Like, yeah, you edit some things out. Like, I I just don't get it. But um, on a side note, like, so four hundred thousand dollars was was the jewelry heist at first, but then he uh, turned it in for a million um, for I'm assuming insurance purposes. Um, so uh, you had a million dollars worth of you know jewelry on um, at church to preach the word of God with. I think they it, now I've seen parts of the video. Um, I would almost understand if it was Joel Olstein or something that size of church where you had on a million dollars worth of jewelry, but um, that church only had about 20, 25 people in it. Um, it looked like a bodega. <laughs> where, where, did, where did these funds come from that? Had you flashing off, you know, your four hundred somewhere between four hundred thousand to a million dollars worth of jewelry, and I was looking. Um, he's offering a fifty thousand dollars reward for his jewelry. Um, that R. Kelly loan, <laughs> PPP. So, so I am confused on a lot of things, but yes, it does make the church look bad because uh, we are in a time where now we have free thought. Um, back when it was slavery. Like Sundays was the days that we went to church because one master told us we had to, but two, that was the only day we had, you know, off. So it was a time for fellowship. Then as we grew older and, you know, time corner went through in America, it still became Sundays were the days for black families to get together. Um, and church was just something you did. You were just grandma went to church, mama went to church. So did you go to church. And so, but this newest generation, our generation, is kind of the first one that I think where it was like, as black people, we can really like we've grown up questioning like the legitimacy of church. 
And yeah, with this generation and the information is out there on the internet, then it's easier to spread, you know, bad news than it is to spread good news. All of that combined, it makes the church look horrible. And yes, it does put a stain on on Christianity because this is who we are claiming is representing Christianity. So you got, you know, for, and to make this a fair, balanced report, we still also have white people who are doing anything with women's rights and abortion and all these other things that don't seem to be very Christ-like on their end either. So, so when we looking in the news, and I live in the Bible Belt, and it, mm. it's it's a scary situation down here, truly. Yes. Be, because all they got, all they're they not playing in Nashville at all. Guns, Bible, and animals like your dog. That's that's really it. That that's that's the only important things. Everything else be that. And why you talk? <laughs> but well, that's you, another Bible belt. That that is yeah. a different Bible belt there too. That's yeah. a different Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when you have all of this, like I understand when pastors say that you know Christianity or church is under attack, but. Like, y'all not doing anything, y'all as the church aren't really doing much to help this not, like, be under, like, they under attack for good reason. And it's because of the thoughts, like, yo, this don't seem clean. Like, we, we're not accepting just any message anymore. And until pastors adjust, the, that's the fact that, like, if I'm trying to, really trying to bring people to Christ, I need to evaluate how I'm doing that as opposed to wearing, you know, a million dollars worth of jewelry and watching people struggle, but tell me to give you your last. Now we have an argument over whether ties is really supposed to be ties. Like all of this together, it makes the church look horrible. And I don't know how you recover, you know, from that, because considering our generation going forward, this is stuff we teaching our children too. Like, hey, I don't really know about this preacher or something like that. So it, the church is going to have a hard recovery act is what I'm getting at. And you know what, before I, Toss this over to you, Paul. But that's part of it, it, what you just said, Andre, is part of what grinds my gears about it. It's interesting because we have long, and I'm talking well before our time, we're talking centuries old, this issue of paternalism and uh, chauvinistic uh, attitudes within the church. Um, these different dynamics where, like, women... That, that certain passages are taken out of context to make it like women are somehow second class. They shouldn't be talking in the church and they have no voice. And I don't want to get too far over there, but like in first Timothy, uh, there's an often quoted passage about how women are supposed to dress and appear. And that got turned into something else, but actually it literally, if you look at it in context, what he's telling Timothy, what Paul, who's the author is telling Timothy is there's a way to conduct yourself and a way that you're supposed to dress that does not, it's not that you should dress a certain way because uh, you need to be modest, meaning you need to hide your body, but it's a be modest so that you're not shaming other people who don't have money and don't have clothes and don't have the things that you do. But because we read it a certain way from a very Western perspective and a very um, Eurocentric, frankly, perspective, Everything is about purity and modesty and not showing your body. When in actuality, what he was saying was, don't show up to these church meetings dressed with all your jewelry and with your nice gowns because there are people around you who are other believers who don't have what you have. And so it's completely antithetical to your what you're saying your message is when you show up with 
and I know we're picking on dude, but he kind of deserves it. Why are you showing up with $400,000 of anything on when you have a church full of people? And we, again, use the word full, you know, kind of liberally here because relative it's relative. Right. But my point is like, even if you were showing up with a room full of millionaires, why are you guys showing up with this idea that I've got a floss anyway, it literally goes against like directly. It's directly opposed to what Jesus message was in the first place. You said it last week. You said Christians are bigots, right? Yeah. So this week you said this week. Um, so with that said, you got the one lady preacher talking about people ugly and broke. Ooh. And then, but that, that seems to be the theme of the black preacher, in my opinion. Again, I'm not a church going dude. I'm on the outside looking in. I'm a casual with this. You're just a regular good old heathen. I'm just a good old sinner. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. God that, that's, that's what I call you when you're not, when we're not here. Yeah. <laughs> like Paul's a heathen, y'all. Give him a break. Right, right. He don't know no better. When, so, uh, with that said, it's like, you just made me lose my train of thought. Kim uh, Morrell, you're talking about the... Right. You it, with that said, right. So, we get back to these things with the black preacher and and, and you broke. Get out my... It's, it's like, you, you feel like you too broke to even go to their church. Right. You can't even you ain't your outfit ain't cold enough. Like your car, like it's 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 weird to me as a guy who, you know, and I grew up Catholic. So, you know, you went out 15, 20 minutes, you know, you kneel a couple times, you say our father, you chunk them deuces up, right? And then you go to like the black church and it's hooping and hollering, it's high side and it's 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 corruption. It's all kind of other things going on that as a kid I would see that. I wasn't supposed to see, or didn't nobody know that I would see. You know what I mean? And and we we like you said, our generation is the first generation to not keep Reverend uh, Touchy Philly keep his secrets. You know what I'm saying? You know, we knew Reverend Touchy Philly was messing with uh, brother. You know, brother such and such his wife, sister, sister, give it away. You know what I'm saying? Sister Whoever in the choir, one of them in the choir. Right, right. Yeah, Deacon Slippery is messing with uh sister busted open. You know, you see it like in the back, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Um, so the the corruption all the way around for me was just like wow. And then, of course, you know, like I said, growing up Catholic and seeing, you know, whatever going on that, you know, that's not for you anyway, because mm -hmm. If you go they through white church, they don't, really? they, not, they don't believe you going to heaven either way. It, it, right. It's just not for you. You're like, oh, bless your heart. You can pray, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> best I can give you is purgatory. That's, that's the best right. I can. Best I can do for you is purgatory. <laughs> oh, man. That's why I left the Jesuits and went over to the Franciscans. Yeah. They was right. They was a little nicer. They gave us a better spot. They gave us you won't time burn in hell, but you cannot go up here with us with mm -hmm. the, you know, the heaven and the gold and all that. But, you know. Yeah, Jesus um, is hardcore. Boy. <laughs> right. Do some math. <laughs> that's what Jesus was. But, but the, I, get, I think to your point, Paul, and I guess that's the thing I'm saying is that a lot of times, and, I, and the reason why this uh, was near and dear to me in addition to what I do it bothers me because you'll have people that 
don't seem to understand that these are matters of faith and it affects people's faith. It affects their outlook on God because you're claiming to represent something that you clearly are not representing or I believe you are actually representing it. And so since you are hypocritical and you're fake and you're saying one thing, but you're actually living something different, if you're willing to call me ugly or shame me because of how much money I make or how many children I have or what I haven't, or, you know, my first marriage didn't work out or whatever it is. If you're willing to be so insensitive about these things, then these things automatically get attached to people's understanding of God. And even if they know better intellectually, subconsciously somewhere it bothers you. It's exactly why the Bible says that, you know, it says many of you should not consider yourself teachers because you're held to a higher standard because there's an expectation that if you claim to be so, and it doesn't even have to be about religion, but if I say that I am going to coach, for example, a sport, or if I say that I'm a rapper, if I say that I can sing and I'm a trained vocalist, well then you, you better be ready to, uh, you know, get busy. You better be able to show me something. And, and unfortunately, I feel like people are showing the wrong thing they're showing all the wrong things because they're not showing their generosity, their benevolence, their sacrifice in the community, their work. They're not showing any of that. You're just showing me that, you know, you can stunt. Right. Well, you people like me, you people like me to say, if, oh, if y'all in heaven, I'm cool. I'll go down to hell. I'm good. <laughs> Say with the real folks. With the yeah, real because and, and I think that's part of where it comes into play is you have like back in the day, if a if a pastor was, you know, doing something funny with the money, sleeping with his sister Betty Johnson, whatever that looked like, it kind of stayed within that community. But we're no longer in that day and age. Like right. and so now when that happens, that makes the internet. Then over here, that happens. That makes the internet not thinking all of these small instances that used to be, oh, well, that's just one bad preacher. Don't let him disrupt your faith in God because we got one bad preacher over here. But mm -hmm. now it's multiplied because it's on the internet. So now I'm looking at 10. I'm looking at 10 bad preachers and I'm just one individual. So it's like, okay, well, now I'm starting to really question this whole church thing. Well, you know what? I'm still going to go to church. I'm going to be cool. I'm going I'm to check it out and see what's about. Then I get there and the usher ministry got an issue or, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay my tithes. They looking at me strange, like, or I'm just dressed in what I can afford. Like Sunday's Man. best has taken on a whole different category because Sunday's Man. best used to just be where whatever you the have, that, you can best that you have. Yeah. And now just it's show up. right. Yeah. And, and show clean, it, don't show up dirty. Don't show up smelling like last night. That's all it was. But now it's turned into, you know, and, and I know I'm generalizing, but, but it has turned into, you know, a fashion show where people like Paul yeah. have said, yo, I don't feel like I can afford to go to your church. I ain't got nothing in my closet that fits the standard that y'all have. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and stay home and watch it on television. Or I'm going to watch it, you know, I'll catch a snippet on, you know, YouTube or somebody will send me an inspirational clip. That'll be good enough for me. Like the church itself has a true identity problem and they not getting out of their own way to fix it. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm stuck on that part that, until they actually go back, like Kirk Franklin even kind of said, yo, like we need to reinvent what church looks like. 
And I've been saying he that tried. for years. He tried. He tried with his that music. Yes. He yes. really tried with his music. Right. I've been saying that for years. The and old, the way that we look at the four walls of the church, that is dead. It is. It ain't, and it's not coming back. It's not. It's and 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 it's sad because it's, I tell people the analogy I always give is that at this point, the church is like a hospital. And sick people are like, I'm scared to go in there because I don't know if I can trust your doctors. Not their bedside manner. I can't even trust whether or not I'm going to come out alive. We are yeah. not in love with the dark ages anymore. Yes. <laughs> That's really the disconnect, if you must be specific. Yeah. We're not in love with the dark ages. Yeah. It's, it, it, that's not romantic to us. It's not mm-hmm. live to us. We, we like make internet. It we like yep. music. We like we like wearing what we want. We like thinking what we want. Right. We like doing what we want. Yeah, yeah. Y'all need to do a better job of making it more inclusive. So I was getting ready to say, bring me something that can actually be tangible and meaningful and relevant to me. It's like a conversation that you and I had years ago before we wrap this up that I used to tell you, used to be laughing. I used to be like, yo, Craig, you need to go down to the booty club, bro. Yeah. So I can't go down there. Like, no, I'm dead. No, ass. absolutely. Go down Mr. to the right. booty yes. club and just go start talking to people. Because you that's have a you a cranberry on the rocks. Don't you're drink. 100% don't do nothing. Right. Do how you get down absolutely. how you get down and go talk to some of them young ladies in there. Yep. Just talk to them. No. You, you, and here's the thing. And you're that's 100% what, right. Ain't that what Jesus would do? That's exactly what he would do. And frankly, okay. to be honest with you, you may not realize this. That's where I honestly get most of my criticism is because I associate and I talk to, and I don't mean associate like I'm coming down from on high. Right. No, I actually know these people. Yeah. Like I'm not, don't give me like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Frankly, I'm not going to do that anyway. That's just not my groove. But the fact of the matter is that what you just said right there is exactly what needs to be done. Right. Like you need to be down. And I don't mean that you're saying, you know, the booty club. I'm saying just hit the corner. The like, booty club, do, they, the do block, the people the shelter, even recognize like, you in those circles? Go hot, go, 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 go check on the jails. Like, like yeah. go to the jailhouse, bro. Literally. I'm that, literally take your And that's actually what I do. And go talk and, to some folks. And it's amazing. You might, people, get to a, you might get two or three people to come mess with you when they people, get out. Yes, people, people, and it's crazy because I have other ministers and people around me who are ever like, man, that that's really admirable. And I'm like, and it shouldn't be. Right. It, it really should not. shouldn't be. The fact that I go to the jail, the fact that I hang out in these places, the fact that I'm at the, you know, the different clubs, clearly I'm not there to dance. I'm not there to pick up nobody. So, but that shouldn't be something that's so commendable as much as it is something that you should want to imitate. But again, I I don't want to go too far off on that. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like we stomp on our own message when we do some of these shenanigans. Absolutely. So I said what I said. And yes, we, we got to eliminate the bigotry too. Stop calling people ugly and telling people that they broke. Stop counting other people's All of that. All of all that. Of that. <laughs> yeah, all of that. So we've reached that point where we have to talk about those who have come up missing, those we've been looking for, 
people that we got some questions about that we need answered. We need y'all to show up. Our APBs, the All Points Bulletin. And uh, as always, we're going to start with the letter A because we watch Sesame Street. So we know that A comes before P. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come before B. Well, actually, anyway. Wow. The letter A. <laughs> that went wrong. Um, wow. <laughs> know your ABCs. That's that. That's that extra GCL they just made up. Wow. (laughs) You went there? (laughs) It's like that? I'm just saying. Wow. You know what? what Y'all was in the the real GCL when you was there. Oh, no. It was was the real GCL until it wasn't. Right. And I ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, we took our lumps. Right. So what you got, Andre? All right. So my APB has actually been building for a few decades at this point. Um, That's one of those, man. Yeah, man. Um, (sighs) HBCUs and their financial aid departments. Mm. Um, Wow. I'm going to need y'all as a collective to do a lot better. Mm. Find the money. Like, so this whole thing started because Deion Sanders, um, Coach Prime. Oh, it didn't start with Deion Sanders. No, it didn't. I'm just saying No, the, I, I got I, stories to tell you. We all got say, stories. Go that's why, them, but that's why I say university years in the making because we all yeah. got stories. Um, mm. But this, uh, I, this sparked by Coach Sanders when uh, he was talking about players not getting the refund checks on time that they're due not like extra money or money that is a loan or anything like that literally like hey your school and tuition and room and board and all has been paid for here's the refund check so that you can go pay for your apartment or food and things like that that'll get you through the whole semester bro yeah and you can live off you can breathe a little bit Yeah. yeah and i know that like this I can say with confidence because I went to a PWI. For those who are watching who don't know what a PWI is, is predominantly white institution. That's that's the new name that they've get. White people needed to have uh, letters too because they found out HBCUs had letters. So you know, white people got to do the same thing. It was so, out there picketing. <laughs> so we need letters. PWIs. So I've I've been to three of them at this point, and the only problem I've had with financial aid is how long the line itself is. But that's it. Like, my money was always there. It was just the fact that everybody showed up the first couple of days and was trying to get all their bread and the line was long. That's all. That's this is all not so at the HBC. It, it is not because you're going to run into a myriad of problems. If Whether my is my check here or my classes paid for. Wait, you dropped me from my classes two weeks ago. For no reason. No reason whatsoever. Like, I didn't do anything. I didn't even log in. Who I don't this? understand why the financial aid departments and the, I'm gonna go ahead and put the I'll put the number at 85. percent There's probably higher than that, but I'm gonna say 85 percent of the HBCUs. Why the financial aid system is so terrible, and it's not. I mean, I get sometimes the states divvy money how they want to, and they haven't given HBCUs all the money that that they were supposed to receive from the states and things like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about between lack of communication, lack of organization, 
and lack of hospitality when somebody's coming in to get help. Like I TSU a couple of years ago literally dropped all students who had had passed through bills um, before somebody stepped in and paid the bills for them. And most of it was attributed to late payments from money that they didn't get that they were owed. Like, Absolutely. I don't. And it, that's not a new thing. This is not a new thing. Like, but how come the training from the white institutions don't make it over to the HBCUs? Like, y'all doing the same math. Y'all math ain't math, and like they math is math. And I don't understand why it's not. Like, mm-hmm. we both applied for federal federal student aid. We both filled out the paperwork. We both sent it in the same day. Why are you getting yours seven weeks before I'm getting mine? Like, I don't understand this. And I'm with Deion Sanders that somebody needs to show me where the loophole is or or the breakdown is so we can get this fixed because we really have been at this for 30 plus years. I don't know anybody who went to an HBCU or applied to an HBCU that has not had problems with the financial aid department. We're talking about real problems. We need to fix that up. That's my APB is can we find who, whoever is in charge of messing this up, I almost cussed. Whoever messed this up, um, can we? Can we? We, got, we deep enough into the thing that it don't even matter at this point. Can we find who effing it up so we can get that money straight? Listen, and get you said eighty-five. you're saying eighty-five percent. I don't know of another. I, I don't. I know plenty of alums of HBCUs. I don't know of one. Yeah, I'm, who hasn't experienced it? No I matter where they go, I was no given eight. I, I was given eight because you know there's so many HBCUs. I was thinking maybe there's one somewhere in you know th- that no. I don't know about that I just don't no. know anybody who went there. The matter of fact, it's still messed up. <laughs> matter of fact, other people who I know of, like me, who went to HBCUs, they will tell you it's a rites of passage. You didn't go to an HBCU <laughs> unless you got dropped. From a class that you needed, not just a class, not like one of the, you know, electives. If you didn't get dropped from a class that you needed when you needed it, that wasn't going to come back around again until next year, and you didn't get your money on time, then you didn't go to an HBCU. It's part of the experience. Period. We need to fix it. All right, Paul, what you got? All right. Mine is, again, usually the lightest one of the three. I'm a put an APB out on Cincinnati hip-hop. Ooh. Mm. What mm. happened? That sounds personal. What happened? <laughs> we had some nice cats in the eight, 80s, 90s, 2000s, right? Not a lot of guys made it big, but we had a lot of talent, a lot of originality. Deep bench. Lyrics lyricists, singers, songwriters, poets, the whole gamut. I turn on my phone and I'm scrolling and I see this not Cincinnati joint. Yeah. Yeah. And I proceed to click on it and listen to it and And hear about all the places that are in Cincinnati, how they want in Cincinnati. Remaking a random kind of off band kind of hit, I guess, a little bit song about another city that wasn't even like on the map. I'm so yeah. confused. <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get from Jabri, Moo, 
composure. Rob yeah. Nell, Trump tight, truth Why music. Not? How did we get here, GTM? How did we get here to where we copying other cities' D side music? Yes, I was getting ready to say like you, you, you could have, you could have, you could have jacked a much better car. My God! That. Oh my. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said they was they was gerrymandering. <laughs> Oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm not even angry. I'm so disappointed. It's like, and folks ask, like, Jerry <laughs> Mandarin. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. It is, it's, it's, I see why they work so hard to save King Records. It's, Ooh, wow. it's, it's bad, man. What happened to the art in my city, man? Man. What happened? I got I got no answers to be honest with you. Um, I know a lot of talent left. Yes. Um, well, <laughs> we're looking at it, but wasn't going to plug myself. Here, right. yeah. I had to go somewhere in order for it to happen. Shout out but... to all the people that left. <laughs> That's on this cast right now. <laughs> well, I say all the time. I say all the art left. When they took that King Kong mural down um, on the side of that building, you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. You get off of 71 when you're going downtown. Yes. You see, yeah, okay. Bring it back. Bring King Kong back. How about that? <laughs> yeah, some of y'all are like, ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That city wow. ain't been right since Mr. Jeans went down. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Before we go too far down memory lane, let me give you my APB. Paul said he normally goes light. I'm going to go even lighter, but not that much lighter because this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I need to know what happened to Philip Michael Thomas. But yes, Philip, the Philip Michael Thomas, okay? I'm talking like Sparkle. I'm talking Miami Vice. He is in your mama's DMs right now. <laughs> Guaranteed. He's I'm sorry. I got it backwards. Your mama is in his DMs. <laughs> You're right. This man, first of all, <laughs> Philip Michael Thomas is 73 years old. This man has this gigantic gray beard. Like he looks like natural bearded Santa Claus beard. But the thing is, he's not doing any movies. He's not popping up with any cameos. I don't Michael know. Thomas. What? He Philip Michael Thomas. He don't gotta do none of that. That's he like Leon. I know he didn't have to do any of it. Yes. <laughs> he didn't have to do it or any of it. He didn't have to do none of that. Okay, like none of his work was essential to the culture, but that's not the point. We what I need him to come back. I need him he to come was. back. Say hi. Stop in. He was Diet Billy D. Williams. Where Billy D. been too? He well, Billy D. Williams is genuinely like he's. Is he um, alive? He 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 he's he's making it. He's barely making. But he's at that age where I get it. Like they have to put a little too much makeup on to you make him Smoke? screen worthy. Smokey is still on tour. Smokey different though. Smokey different. Smoking that smoke. Gang bang. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, and it's not just Philip Michael Thomas, it's others, but I specifically need Philip. I'm I'm calling out Philip Michael Thomas, okay? Because I thought of it like my my mother, my sister died, they were in love with him. He right. and frank frankly, he represented a form of masculinity that I was like, I will never be that. I will never be like nobody's ever gonna swoon I was over just me like Saudi, Michael Thomas. I was just Saudi. They just gave him a funky ass Cadillac, and old boy was riding around in Rari's and 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 Lambo. He had a different car every week. Man, yeah, old funky. I mean, I'm not saying his caddy wasn't live, but oh, it was sweet. It was cold. They didn't but... freshen it up at all. Like he My kept, phone, he man. held on. My bro had a Ferrari. Shout out bro. to shout out to holding on to funky Cadillac though, because I drive one. Uh, <laughs> right. No, no, no black preacher is complete without a black Cadillac. So, right, hey, do, do what you do, but nonetheless, yeah, Philip Michael Thomas, where are you at? John Gray wouldn't be caught dead in a Cadillac. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, so much I want to say, but I don't want to start the show over again. <laughs> Listen, I would, I would need you to cut that one. I would need you to cut that one, right? Because that could have been that, that that had like five different exit ramps, <laughs> and I just blew past all of those. Right? Come on, man! Why you do that? Well, we still got one APB out, so still as as we've been doing for the last yeah uh, six other episodes, Brittany playing games, man. They playing games. They making. I guess some pro- propositions, some progress, some not progress. Like, I don't really know what's going on at this point, but um, it's a lot for a half a gram of weed, though. It, man, in oil, this is a lot. <laughs> we say liquefied. Man, this is a lot going on, but uh, we still want to send our positive prayers and energy to Brittany Griner. Um, and we're still asking everyone to go to www.wearebg.org to fill, sign a petition just to let people know that you care. Um, let her know that she. She is not uh, alone in this fight to get her back home. Uh, but uh, we wanted to do that as well as send a sad RIP to, to Nichelle Nichols and Bill Russell, two Absolutely. black icons uh, just in life. Um, but we'll yeah. touch more on, on what they mean later. But uh, just wanted to put that out there since we just got that news. Absolutely. We want to thank you all for joining us this week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us as we uh, tackle uh, so many various different uh, issues and questions and different things going on in our world today. We want to encourage you to uh, be your best, be kind, um, be the best possible version of yourself so that you can actually have the impact on the world in the way that you want it to be seen, let it be reflected through you. So we look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, get those uh, essays and uh, send them to the yeah. Gray Matters uh, pay- Facebook page, inbox that Facebook page. And uh, like I said, best essay wins. I'm just going to send them out to whoever, you know what I'm saying? Just free cleats. No strings attached. They freshen them up. Size they 12. <laughs> Absolutely. They don't fit. Make them fit. And, uh, hey, I know somebody need them. 
Right. There absolutely. I used to be the kid that needed those cleats. So right. I'm trying hey, to yeah, boy. I'm trying to help somebody out. So uh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um don't forget to to like, subscribe, share. Um, we're on all streaming platforms. Uh let's make this a you know, make this a success. We uh we trying to bring y'all fresh content every week, uh, one way or another. Uh so uh we appreciate y'all for taking the time to listen. But until we meet again, keep searching for the light. Uh, oh, and also hit us up if you got any show ideas. Like we take topics, we take requests. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And, 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 but enough with those black preachers. I think we've exhausted that one. Give Somebody us some. We tired of the one we got. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all take it easy. Be blessed. <laughs> <laughs>